10 and verse 18. We're going to go there in just a second. But I've been reading in my one-year Bible. Who's reading with me this year? Anybody reading with me in their one-year Bible? And I've been noticing, I read, I read a proverb a day. You know, it keeps the devil away. So I've been reading a lot in Proverbs this year. Every day I'm reading a proverb. And there's, there's two things that I've noticed when I'm reading a Proverbs. There's, there's two parallels that just keep coming up. And there's one, one, one word that I just keep seeing over and over and over again. And that word is the word full. It's hard to read Proverbs without seeing this word. And so it's, it, there's a correlation going on constantly between the wise and the full. Now, as humans, you're never going to hear anyone say, hey, I'm a fool. You hear anybody say that? No, you're not going to see anybody, you're not going to say, hey, are you, are you smart? Are you dumb? Are you wise? Are you a fool? What are you? And, and some might say, well, you know, I'm wise. I'm very smart. I'm very intellectual. Somebody might say that. And you might say, well, they're kind of confident. They might be confident. You never know. Others might say, well, I'm not wise, but I'm not a fool either. But no one, I mean no one, will ever just come out and say, hey, I'm a fool. I'm the village idiot. I'm stupid, and that's what I, nobody wants to say that. Have you ever said that about yourself? I've never, I've never said I was a fool. Not once. But we constantly read in Proverbs about this word. And let me tell you something I know about life. There are lots of fools out there. Now, I know in the Bible it says, call no man a fool because you'll be in danger of hell, fire, and brimstone. I know all that. But the Bible constantly says if you do this, you're a fool. If you do this, you're a fool. If you do this, you're wise. And there's correlations between the two. And you're wise if you do this. You're a fool if you do this. And so we're going to look at some of the foolish things that we as humans can do. And it, it's a, a lot of it's listed here. And a lot of it has to do with our mouth and the way we speak about ourselves. A lot of times we're not fools, but we treat ourselves as if we're fools. Uh, you know, you ever heard that you're your hardest critic? And, or your toughest critic. And, and sometimes we are, and sometimes we speak negative things over our life. And so we're going to cover those things. And there's consequences, the Bible tells us, to being a fool. And what I want to show you today is, you know, in the Bible, it's great. We, we read our Bible like we think about ourselves. And so I want to try to open up your perspective a little bit today. As we're reading through our Bible, when we're reading along, we look at all the promises. Man, this is a great promise God's given to me. And this is, this is good stuff God's given me to hear. And, and this is good. And, but there's also lots of consequences in the Word of God. And so we get to the part where a fool does this, and we don't even read that part. We don't even think about that part. Well, we don't have those consequences. So I'm not a fool. Because nobody says they're a fool, do they? Nobody says I'm a fool. So we don't look at any of the consequences. And we don't think about the fool. We don't. We, we kind of just skip over that part and say, well, you know, God, I know I'm wonderfully made. I know I'm creative. I know I'm wise. I know all these things. I just speak it over my life. But there's times in my life when I can read in Proverbs and I can say, wait, I can see why I'm having consequences right here. I've been a fool. And so we have to learn not just to skip over parts, 
but make sure we read everything and we thoroughly go through the Word of God and we thoroughly dig through it and we thoroughly, thoroughly look through it and, and we grasp every part of it. And, and be sure not just to skip a part thinking, well, I'm not a fool because if you skip any of it, you might be a... So today, you know, Jeff Foxworthy goes, you, you know, you might be a redneck if you live with Mike Allison. And, uh, and he's got all these redneck things <laughs> and redneck sayings. And so today, we're going to do Pastor Ryan's version. You might be a fool if, and we're going to go forward with stuff. I'm sorry I had to pick on Mike. We, we went out to the woods Friday to look at a deer lease, and I'm in my Flaris Ranger. I left late Thursday night and got home Friday night because I work on Saturdays. I just said, I'm tired. I'm going to take a day off. And none better to do than go to the woods. So. We go out in the woods, and we're driving along in our ranger, and Mike's just laughing because he always laughs just nonstop. He loves to have fun, and we're going through, and we're mudding, and he's like, might want to be careful up here. I'm like, I got it. My ranger don't get stuck. <laughs> and so we're going through the woods, going over all these trees, and we, we're going up a hill. You ever been stuck on the top of a hill? That's how I felt right there. Lord bless fire alarms. You know what that means right there? I've been going to church here long enough, I know what that means. That means there's a clot of dust over the top of our sensor. And so don't, don't get scared. The guys will go check it out. We'll be fine. We need to evacuate. We have, a, we have an exit door to my left and an exit door to my right. And uh, oxygen mask will not fall from the sky, so don't breathe. Just run. And uh, it'll all be good. <laughs> anyway, I'll finish my story. So we're, we're going up a hill. A hill. We come to this big wood mat, and, you know, some timber companies left it there, and I'm thinking, okay. Apparently there's been a truck stuck here before on the top of the hill. And right past the mat, there's just this natural water coming out of the side of the hill. It's just bubbling up. Just flowing right in front of the mat. I'm thinking, well, you know, there's a mat here. There's one there. It's just buried, you know. <laughs> they took that one with them, let me tell you. And so I said, well, you know, we've hit bottom on everything we've done this week. So I give my ranger a little gas, and we, we go over this mat, and plump. And I mean, there was no sinking. There, it was just like water, muddy water, and it was quicksand. Every and my ranger's like this. Me and Mike are like this. I look at him. He looks at me. I put it in reverse. And we go, <clears throat> that's it. It ain't moving. And we're just we're stuck. And we're not moving. And I look at Mike and I said, we would have to get stuck at the furthest place away from the camp as possible. And so we start walking down the hill. And we walk. Get about near the gate. Mike says, you know, my four-wheeler tires are low. It's not going to hold me and you, Ryan. You might as well just go back. I'm going to walk to the camp. Well, it was a pretty far walk because about three hours later, here he come riding on his four-wheeler. Mike slept good that night. But there was no bottom in that sand. And I walked across the front of my ranger because I can pick it up. I'm a pretty strong guy. And I'm, I'm going to walk in front of it and see if I can pick it up. Well, I step, start stepping in the stuff, and it goes to about right here, and I pull my foot back out. There's no, but I'm, I am confident that if I would have stepped all the way off that mat, your pastor would have been about right here in sand. 
and uh, somebody's trying to call me now. I'd be right here in sand, and I'd be looking around like this with nowhere to go. And then it would have went plump, 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 plump. Then me no more, unless Mike saved me, which he'd probably been laughing too hard to save me. That's how he is. He'll laugh at you and then think about saving you later. And, and so we're, we're sinking, you know, and at times in life, the same stuff happens to us. We just jump off with both feet and just open our mouths and start sinking. Because we don't think. I should have got off my ranger and said there's a mat went over there and stuck a stick in it. But who in the world seen quicksand in southeast Texas? I mean, it's like I'm in the middle of the desert. But the same thing happens to us in life. We jump off with both feet and we open our mouth before we think. And before we know it, we've sunk. And, and the harder we fight and try to get out of the situation we put ourselves in, the deeper we sink. I knew just to quit messing with my ranger because the more I messed with it, the more I was going to lose it. If I'd have hit it hard, both wheels would have been in that, it would probably been gone. Thank the Lord that it happened. I was smart enough to go slow into it. But, but that's what happens in life. We just jump off in and then all of a sudden we're sunk and we start having to fight. And, and, and before we know it, we're in trouble. So this whole thing is we need the Holy Spirit to guide us and to help us and to give us insight and courage. And by opening up our Word of God and, and just, just looking at the Word of God, let it come alive in our life, come alive in our life, He'll give us insight so we don't get into those places. We don't get into those predicaments. And so today you might be in some of those predicaments. You might be in a place in your life where you say, well, Pastor, I'm in quicksand and I, I'm sinking. And it's, it's, it feels like the more I fight, you know, I've done some stuff wrong and I've made some bad decisions and now... I'm at a place where I, I can't even go home because I don't get along with my parents and, and, and stuff's just bad and I've never been able to mend that fence. And God gives us direction on that. When I was a kid, there was a huge figure in movies and TV and he even wrote a self-help book, even though he really couldn't even help himself. And his name was Mr. T. And they got a video real quick. Show that video. Oh, I'm going to hate you now, boy. But I pity the fool. And I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. What's your prediction for the fight? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. No, I thought. Pain. What's your prediction for the fight, Mr. T? Pain. Well, you know, that's, that's how we are in life. We get in this quicksand and we do stuff that's foolish. And then there, all of a sudden there's consequences for, for, for what we've done and and we start sinking in, in our results, and all of a sudden, our foolishness, I pity the fool because all of a sudden, the fool is in pain, and they're hurting. And, you know, you say, well, I, I'm not a fool, fool in every area of my life, Pastor. You know, I have a good education, I, I have a good job, and I love God, and my house is clean, but when it comes to men, you're a fool. Or you say, well, I have a good education, and, and, and Pastor, I, I love God with all my heart, but when it comes to getting and keeping a job, you're a, you're a fool. And we, we all have those areas in our life where we need to work, and we need God's help. And so he tells us certain things about what causes you to be a fool. And 
And a lot of times you'll, you'll notice in, in life that you'll know a fool by what leaves his mouth, by what he says. You ever ran into the guy who said, said, you know, every winter I'm the first one to catch the flu? You ever ran into that person? Or I'm sick all the time. You ever heard anybody say that? Lord, I'm not saying that. I'm just using an example. But you have people say, I'm sick all the time, and I, I just can't get well. And you're speaking those things over your life. You got to realize what you're saying. Or, I, or, I, or nobody's going to want to hire me. You don't understand, Patrick. Nobody wants to hire me. I'm, I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't have no experience. Don't speak those things over yourself. The deal is we, we speak into existence so much stuff in our own lives. Don't speak those things. Say, man, I'm highly favored of the Lord. I, I'm the beginning and not the end. He's going to give me a great job. He's going to give me. He's fulfilling the desires of my heart. Me and Pastor Jennifer have some land. I told her the other day, I'm going to start the loan process. Well, we're not ready to build yet. Why are you doing that? Because I, I, I'm walking in faith. I, I'm stepping out and what, what I need to do. No, I'm not ready for that yet. But I, this week, I'm going I'm to go to a bank and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start some stuff. I'm going to move my accounts over here. And we're going to start that stuff. Because if we wait and just keep waiting, forever and ever will happen. I'm speaking faith. I'm moving forward in life. That's what we have to do. And um, she goes, well, let my checks run out. Well, I'm tired of waiting for the checks to run out. Write some more to church or something. Let's get this process going because I'm ready to move forward. And you've got to speak forward-moving stuff into your life. You know, if you want a new job somewhere else, say, say God's got a new job coming my way. Just look to your wife one night and say, honey, you know, God's got a new job coming my way. Start speaking that faith. Proverbs 10.18 says, Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. Now, see how there's two parts to this verse? Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. In many cases, the first is, correlates with the second. That they, they connect together and they, they run together. And, and so hiding hatred, God's talking here about uh, we're responding to hidden offenses, unforgiven hurts in our life. When you hide these things in your heart, it ends up making you a liar. When you get hurt or you have hurt in your life or you let somebody hurt you, see the deal is, see how I said let somebody hurt you? See, if you forgive them, you're, they're, they're, they can't hurt you. You just move forward in life. But the deal is we let people hurt us and, and offend us, and then all of a sudden th this verse ties together, and all of a sudden we start slandering them because they've hurt us, and, and we're offended by them. And so we have unforgiven hurts, and, and all of a sudden we begin to slander them. We talk about people with malice or ill will, or we try to damage their reputation and say, well, you know, you know that's so-and-so. For many people, they just stop short of saying it. They're, they're, they're saying, well, you know, I'm just saying. You ever heard that? Just saying. You know, they did, I'm just saying, you know, they did this. And I'm, I'm just saying, you know, they did that. And I'm just saying, you know, they, they, they're this way, you know, or I don't want to say anything bad, but you, you know how they are. And I'm not going to say it, but you're, you're saying it. Uh, that's the famous one. I, I'm not going to say it. Or, you said it, not me. You're agreeing with them. You're jumping on the bandwagon with them 
agreeing with them and 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 the hatred and stuff in you that you're hiding makes you a liar and you begin to slander other people. That's what the word of God says, not me. You may say, well, pastor, I don't slander. I don't say anything malicious. I don't say things that damage their reputation. Sure, what about this one? You don't have anything negative to say about people that, that anyone would believe, so you just belittle them. And, and they come up to you and they tell you about their dreams in life. And, and you say, well, you, you know, uh, that might could happen. Or, you know, they'll tell you, well, I want to be an astronaut one day. And you'll say, oh, honey, you'll be lucky to be a grocery bagger one day. And, and we, we kill people's dreams. We belittle them. And in and, and, and Proverbs eleven twelve it says, It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. So we don't lie about people. We just belittle them. They have an idea and say, well, you know, you, go to work, you ever go to work and say, I have this idea. I think it's genius. And somebody says, oh, it's stupid. They just belittle your dream because they're hurt. And, is, and instead of fixing their own hurt, they have to make you feel small so they can feel good about themselves. And then, then we belittle people's accomplishments like, hey, I, I just graduated from college. Oh, that's good. Yeah, wait, wait till you try to get a job out in the real world, you know. Or, or, or we, 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 make, we give them a hard time for their addictions and we give them a hard time about their family and their career and their, their role in the kingdom of God. You know, pastor didn't pick you to be a prayer partner. You're just an usher. Well, you know what? Our ushers are just as important as our prayer partners. But the deal is you're believing what the devil's telling you instead of what God's telling you about your life. We all function as the body. We all operate. You know why people leave churches? It's because they get hurt because they listen to small people telling them something instead of listening to what God has. It's not about, it's about being, we got to become self-feeders where we feed ourselves. And we know we forgive on the spot. It's okay. They didn't mean that. They're just hurting. Bless their little heart. That's what we say in the South. Bless their little heart. They don't mean to hurt you. It's just they're hurting. They don't know any other way to respond. God wants to use us. He wants, he wants, he wants, he wants to help us. But our words are powerful. Your words create life and death. You know, my mom always said, if you, sorry, Bobby D. Shea just in. Mama always said, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So mama used to say, <laughs> is your mind weak? Can you not be quiet? If you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. Just pray for them. Lord, I can't say nothing nice about this situation. I'm going to go get in closet, ask for forgiveness, and just pray and believe for them. That's what we need to do. You know, I told you all a couple weeks ago I like to ride horses. Uh, when I was little, I used to love it. Um, now the horses kind of hate me and don't want to move when I sit on them. It's, you know, we put, put the saddle on the horse and put the halter on and you, you throw the reins to the back. And Josh got to see my horse this week. He's big, isn't he? His back's about right here. I mean, he's huge. And uh, I can barely touch his head with my hands. Big old, he's not a Clydesdale. I know what y'all are thinking. No. He, he's just a big horse. He's a thoroughbred. But his name's Shug. And, and Shug's a big horse. And, and so 
Suge is just this big horse that, that doesn't like anybody to ride him. He gets mean just because he's not ridden well. And, and so he's mean. But you put that bridle on his, in that mean horse's mouth, and after a while, yanking on it, his mouth gets sore, and he starts to do what you tell him to do. And you, you yank this way, and he'll go this way. And you yank this way, he'll go this way. And he may buck a little bit, and that's okay. I'll spur him in the back end and make him go. And, uh, or I can pull back and make him stop because there's a bridle in his mouth. And that, that, that mouth and that bridle controls that big old stallion. It controls him. And it tells him where to go and what to do. And it, it, it keeps him safe when I'm on him. Because I can steer him any way I want him to go. It's kind of like the little bitty rudder on the back of a ship, you know. Just, it moves the whole big boat. And where the captain steers is where the boat goes. We do the same things with our mouth in life. We steer our ships where they're going. And the deal is, are we steering them in the right direction? Are you speaking life over yourself? Are you speaking freedom over yourself are you saying God I know you can do it again you've done it once for me I know you can do it again he's ready and willing and able he just wants to hear us say it he wants to know that we believe it and we're ready to walk in it a lot of times we spout off before we listen to the facts Proverbs 18.13 says, Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. You ever notice a fool doesn't need facts to join a conversation? They don't. They can tell you how to do anything in life without knowing anything about it. Now, none of their information is useful. None of their information is good. But they can give you tons and tons of information. And are you going to buy into it? Are you following fools? Are you talking people that can? Are you talking to people that can move you forward in life? A lot of things I hear in the church world. Well, you know, I just like this being a small church. This isn't going to be a small church forever. You just need to get over it. We're moving forward. My job is to disciple people, to love people, to see people get saved and set free. And I can't do that by saying stuff. I want to see people saved. I want to see the kingdom of God expanded. That's what he's called us to do. And we're going to walk out in faith. They probably didn't, y'all probably didn't think I'd raise enough money to put a new sign out front this year. Because I believe what God's told me. And I can tell you a new thing. We're going to put some, these speakers in this church are 20 years old. The amps are 30 years old. And the lighting's outdated. And we're going to update it all. And we're going to repaint this place, and we're going to move it forward. And it'll look different next year than it looks right now. Because I'm going to speak life over this place, and we're going to move forward together. And even if you want to be foolish and speak death, I'm going to bring you with me because I love you. I would start speaking life over this place. So, you know, our church is a growing, happening place. You need to come join us on Sunday morning. That's how we grow. It's by every one of us speaking life into this thing we speak you speak life or death into every area of your life be it your church be it your car be it your job be it anything you do i've heard people say well i hate my job and, and four months later they're unemployed why because the hate of their job translated over to their bosses 
and it translated into their work performance, and then all of a sudden, they didn't have a job. They're saying, you know what? I love my job. God's changing it for the better. He's moving me to new places. I'm going new places in, with, with Jesus, and I'm, I'm in a, I know I'm in a situation where it's full of heathens, but God's put me right in the middle of the harvest field for such a time as this. And speak life into what you're doing. Don't spout off before you know the facts. Look, I got a book full of facts, and, and it says a bunch of good stuff. Don't, don't, don't think you know everything. Don't think you know everything about what can go on, because I promise you, God can do things that will blow your mind if you just give him a chance. If a fool listened to facts, he might be proven wrong. He might have to apologize. He might have to change some things. And he might look stupid. A fool is often responding from his own experiences, hurts, and anger. There's four things you need to know of why a fool doesn't move fast. Because he's got anger to give. He's got hurt to share. He's got bitterness to spread, and he's got bad advice to impart. And he wants to give you all those things. That's what a fool wants to do for you. devil's a fool. He wants to do every bit of this for you. He wants to give you anger. He wants to give you hurt because he's got plenty of it to share. Don't spout off before you know all the facts. If you hear something bad about this church, or you hear something bad about something else, come ask your pastor. I mean, why gossip? There's no reason to gossip about anything. You still hear something bad about your neighbor? Don't just go run to your other neighbor and spread rumors and, and discord. Run to your neighbor who you've heard this thing about and say, man, I heard something happen. Is that true? Because if it is, I want to pray for you. I want to help you. you you're fine. You, didn't, you couldn't pay. They shut your electricity off? Man, let me pay the bill for you this month. Man, what? how does that change your life? Then your neighbor's saying, where do you go to church? I want to go with you. Help, help freedom resound in their lives. So we've learned you're a fool if you slander others, you belittle your neighbor, or you spout off before you listen to the facts. Or if you, this is a good one, belch out foolishness. Proverbs 15.2. Now, God has a sense of humor. He says, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. There's nothing more rude in the world. You're sitting at a good dinner, and all of a sudden there's somebody belching. And that, that's what a fool does. He just constantly belches out foolishness over and over and over and over again, and it's always at an inopportune time. And you can tell a fool about because in the in the worst situation, a fool's going to stand up and let it be known that he's a fool. Right in the middle of a bad situation, when you're like, "Oh my gosh, just don't let them say a word right now; they're going to embarrass me." Don't let them say a word. All of a sudden, there it is, foolishness. Right in the middle of nowhere, there it is. My daddy always told me, uh-oh, we went Bobby Boucher again. My daddy always told me, if you, if you see horse manure and it, it looks like horse manure, it smells like horse manure, do you really want to taste it and see if it's horse manure? No. Or if you see a duck and it looks like a duck and it smells like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it might be a duck. And And, and so... If it smells like a fool, it looks like a fool, 
it acts like a fool, it's probably a, a fool. And so I don't like hanging around with fools. I pray for them all day long, but I'm not hanging around with them. Now, I'm not calling anybody in this building a fool. There's no fools here. All y'all are very smart because y'all came to hear me this morning. But uh, I'm just telling you, in life in general, don't let fools drag you down. Because fools don't know how to get rid of the bitterness. They don't know how to get rid of the anger. And that you just got to pray for them. Pray and fast for them. Believe God for them. But don't let them speak that stuff, foolish stuff into your life. Don't get, don't, because what happens is all of a sudden you're hanging out with a fool. You'll become what you hang out with. And you'll start belching out the same stuff they're belching out. You'll start doing the same stuff they're doing. And then it gets even worse. Ecclesiastes 10.14 says a fool multiplies words. 17.28 of Proverbs says even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. And when their mouths are shut, they seem intelligent. You know anybody that's really smart when they're quiet? I know some of these people. They're just, they're quiet, everything is good. But the minute they open their mouth, boom. It's like a slap in the face. Here they are. Gerard's cracking up back there. He knows some of these people. Y'all quit looking at your neighbors. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so there, it's even worse than just being a regular fool. They're babbling fools. They love to talk. In Proverbs ten nineteen, it says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. That's what the Word of God says. Too much talking leads to sin. You realize you can talk your way into sin? You can talk your way into sin. There's people who will just keep talking and talking and talking and talking until eventually they said something they shouldn't say. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. You can talk your way into sin. You ever know somebody just keep talking? Just keep going and going and going. Now, I like to talk. But I know there's some point where i got to be quiet. And so we just talk and we talk and we talk because we want to be a part. You, you'll find those people that have to be talking, their story has to match your story. And they have to tell the bigger, grander story. You know, us guys are famous for that. And uh, my barbecue pit's bigger than your barbecue pit. And my crawfish boiler's definitely bigger than your crawfish boiler. But, uh, you know, you know the guys compare stuff like that. But there comes a point where you, you, you feel so insecure about yourself that you just have to keep talking because you want, to, you want yourself to feel better. You want yourself to feel whole again. And, and you'll say whatever it takes trying to get to that place in your life because you're just, you're hurt. Well, you don't know. I got, I, got, I got too much of this in my life, and this person just knows me too well. And, you know, I know what I'm doing wrong, but I don't want them to hear it say it. And they've tried to help me, but I'm just going to stay totally away from them now. And then they go somewhere else, and you'll see them, they'll start talking to people, and they start slandering people and belittling people because it makes them feel better about themselves because they can't forgive that person and go on. They can't move forward with what God has for them. Their future was so bright, but a little bit of hurt in their life, a little bit of pain in their life, a little bit of somebody told them something that they didn't want to hear, even though, even though it was biblical and even though it was God in their life. They didn't want to hear it, so they got their feelings hurt. And then all of a sudden, they're going to start slandering people. All of a sudden, they're going to start talking bad about people. They're going to start 
belittling people. And then they're going to start spouting off at the mouth. And then, then they get in a normal conversation with friends. And then all of a sudden, even among their friends, they can't stop talking because they just want to feel good. And they're just talking and talking and, and talking. And they just can't help because they're just babbling full. Because of one little thing in their life, they couldn't let go. And the pain just got so much, so much to bear and so much to handle that they don't even realize they're full. But they're full because God wants to deliver them from the pain. And they're walking in pain they don't have to walk in. They're they're walking in all these circumstances in life that they shouldn't have to walk in. Life should be full of joy and, and happiness. But instead, they're living in a pity party because they couldn't let what some one person little person in their life go. They can't let go of it to let God give them freedom and give them them liberty again. We serve a good, good Father. He doesn't want us to carry this baggage around. This baggage we're carrying, just it turns into making us foolish. Proverbs 15, 7 says, The lips of the wise give good advice. The heart of a fool, though, has none to give. The heart of a fool has no advice to give because in their heart is anger. In their heart is hurt. In their heart is pain. But you don't understand, Pastor, I've seen this and I've seen this and I've seen that. Let it go. Get that out of your heart and you'll no longer have that problem. You'll be able to move forward. There's consequences in all of this. Consequence number one, you can't help anybody when you have no good advice to give. Consequence number two, you cause resentment. Proverbs 27.3 says, A stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but the resentment caused by a fool is even heavier. You'll cause the closest people in your life to begin to resent you because of the weight that you carry around. I love what the Message Bible says. This same verse, Proverbs 27, 3 in the Message, it says, carrying a log across your shoulders while hefting a boulder with your arm is nothing compared to the burden of putting up with a fool. You ever felt like you were a burden on somebody? It might be because you're carrying all this weight it's causing you to be a burden on everybody else. It, it would just be so easy just to open your arms and let the weight fall away. And say, God, I forgive them. I finally forgive them. What they did to me back in 1978, I forgive them for it. Felt like that date might have been a little prophetic. What happened to me in 1986, I'm just going to let it go. been carrying it around for all these years, and it's, it's caused you to become a fool. Just let it go. Let it fall from you. God wants to take it from you. He doesn't want you to carry it. There might be a husband out there today, and you can't keep a job because of your foolishness. It's because you're carrying resentment. Your wife resents you because she's working hard trying to make you happy, trying to keep the boat from sinking. 
but you're just constantly poking holes in the boat. And and your kids, when you did work, you worked a bunch of hours, and they just, more than even the hours you worked, they want you, they want you to be home, spend some time with them. And then they resent you because they see the strain that you put on your marriage, giving your wife a hard time and hollering at her and messing with her, all because of hurt you've carried along in your, in your life. As a wife, you might never stop belittling your husband, Nothing he does is good enough. You might be wondering why he looks for a way to get away and go drink and and go play golf or to work. You might complain about not having enough money and the home you want, the home you're living in is not good enough. The, The dishwasher's broken, but when he takes the overtime shift to pay for it, you complain about him never being home. Proverbs 14.1 says, A wise woman builds her home but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Consequence three, you're punished by your own words. Proverbs 14.3 says, A fool's proud talk becomes a rod that beats him. The words of the wise keep them steady. All All those words you've been speaking, all the slandering, all the belittling, all the spouting off before hearing facts, the constant dripping of foolishness and nonsense comes back to be a rod that beats you on your back. You throw these words out because you're hurt. You throw these words out because it's something that's happened in your life. And then all of a sudden, it comes back around like a rod that beats you. That's what the Word of God says. And you wonder why you feel like you've been beaten. You wonder why you you feel like you're down and you're out. It's because the words you've spoken, the slander you've spoken, The belittling that you've done, it comes back like a rod and it just beats you over and over and over again. Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. Even the bad stuff in life that we sow comes back around. It's like a garden. We We throw out seeds. And we're throwing out weeds into our own garden and then wondering why we're having to bend over and break our back to pluck them up. It's because we just keep speaking it out into the world. Plant trees of God. Plant trees in the house of God where there's living water and where water flows and where they can grow and they can be fruitful. Don't just cast your seed in there. Don't just cast your seed here and there. Cast it in the, in, in the house of God. Cast it on people who are like you. Speak faith into their life. Because when you speak faith into somebody else's life, it comes back around into your own life. It's like a boomerang, but instead of biting you, and instead of beating you, it enlightens you. It brightens you. It brings you to a new place in life. Some of y'all have some weeds that you need to pluck up, and you need to make sure you plant some good seed back. And you got to get rid of the anger. Proverbs 17, 9, it says, again, this is God's word translation. Whoever forgives an offense seeks love. Whoever keeps bringing up the issue separates the closest of friends. It starts with forgiveness. Your hurt from somebody else will cause you to lose friends in your life. Your hurt from somebody else will cause people to think you're foolish. Your hurt from someone else that they planted in your life 
You allow the seed to grow into something bigger than it should have ever been. It grows, it multiplies, because how many of y'all know weeds grow faster than grass does? Weeds grow faster than an apple tree tree. And they come right back around, they start biting you, and they start, they start hurting, and all of a sudden, it's like at the deer lease this weekend when I was there, I got chiggers, and now I'm scratching all night long. I was up praying all night, Lord, let it quit. But the deal is, walk through the weeds. It picks up some chiggers. When you're walking constantly with the weeds, you're going to pick some stuff up. You're going to run into snakes in the weeds. You're going to run into varmints in the weeds. You're going to run into all kinds of stuff in your life that you don't want to run into because you're hanging out with a bunch of weeds. Walk through the garden. He's giving you life. He's giving you liberty. He's giving you freedom. You just got to say, God, today I walk. I'm going to let that thing go. You know, it's very easy in life to get hurt and to carry that offense around. And it's very easy to say, well, I'm not talking about about people. I'm not saying they said it, not me. It's very easy to fill all those things up in your life. It's very easy to get caught in that trap. And all of a sudden, you think you're wise. You think you're good. But all of a sudden, you have the consequences of a fool around you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that as we hear this word, we'll take it in, Father, that we won't listen to the things of a fool, Father, but we'll listen to your word, Father. Your word, Dad, your word is so good. Your plans for our life are so good. You have great things along our path. In fact, you have packages and gifts just waiting for us, Father, waiting for us to right, walk down the right path and to choose you. I thank you today, Father, that anything that's keeping us from walking on your path today, let us just drop the rocks, drop the logs that we're carrying on our shoulders. Let us be set free by your grace and by your presence, Father. Father, for those who who've got caught up with the weight that they've bared, Father, that has turned them into having consequences that only a fool has, Father. Set them free of that today. Let them have forgiveness and love in their hearts. We just thank you for your grace because it is good. It is so, so good. We thank you, Father, as we leave this place today, we're blessed. Let us begin to speak blessings over our lives. Let us begin to speak blessings over our children's lives, Father. Let us start speaking blessings over our children's children that we don't even have yet, Father. Because we know how good your plans are and how great you are. I thank you today, Father, as we walk out into this city. We'll speak good things over this city. We won't say, well, Angleton doesn't have any good restaurants. It'll never have. No, they're coming, Father. New life is coming to this city. Every piece of property in this city will be sold. Every piece of property will be built on. And they will look at this city and say, look what the Lord has done in the city of Angleton, Texas. Because he is a good, good father. Lord, what you want to do in a church, do it in this church. What you want to do with the people, do it with these people, Father. 
What you want to do in a pastor, do it in me. Take us new places together this year, Father. Let us walk upright. Let us not slander. Let us not belittle. But let us walk into your glorious presence, Father, pure and holy. Let us be like the, the church of Philadelphia, Father, where, where, there was, where, where they, they dug into your word and they, they knew who you were. And they loved you. And when all the other churches were declining, they were growing, Father. Let us grow in your presence. Let us grow in your goodness. Let us grow, grow in your love. Let us grow in your grace, Father. Let them say, I don't know, but that church loves God. I don't care what they say about us. Let, let them say that church loves God. Let them say they'll do anything for anybody. That's the church I want to be. I want to be a church after your heart, Father. But I also want to be a church that stands for what's right and loves people no matter what. We bless them as they go today, Father. The altars are open. We thank you for this day. In your name we pray.